happy Black History Month, guys. And as you know, here on Bachelors in the City, we like to highlight historic figures that have made this world a better place. Who do we have today, uh, Dusty? We have someone very, and this is, you know, I like this because, you know, falls into like, not really. I was going to say the Valentine's, you know, Valentine's Day section of maybe a fixed heart, a broken heart. I might be way off. Anyways. No, I could, I could see the connection there. I you can see, see the, the connection? connection? Yeah. Well, I'm talking about what you're putting down, man. You pick, you, pick, you pick up what I'm putting down. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I am talking about Daniel Hale Williams. So let me tell you a little bit about Daniel Hale Williams. I only know a little bit about him, but I'm going to continue to do some research, as I hope everyone else does. He founded the first black hospital, owned hospital in America. But most importantly, well, yeah, most importantly, he performed the world's first successful open heart surgery in 1893. That is nuts. 1890. The fact that they even had the medical devices, the sanitation to perform that extreme of a surgery. Yeah. That's like, what an accomplishment that long ago. That long ago. And the man I was, I think I read that he lived another 20 to 30 years after that surgery. Wow. 1800s. 1800s. That's freaking crazy. And also a black man that's really uh, just amazing as well through everything he's, he was probably going through around those times. So, Well, what guys. a true medical pioneer uh, for future African-American doctors uh, and nurses. Man is a true trailblazer in the surgical field. So we, uh, we all owe a lot to uh, Dr. <laughs> Williams because there's a lot of people. Yes, that, we do. Unfortunately, probably have heart issues that have to go through things like that. But man, what a pioneer. Pioneer. Welcome back, all you beautiful people, to another episode of Bachelors in the City. We have a wonderful episode in store for you guys today, an episode that is definitely very close to my heart, but I think it's going to touch a lot of you guys and hopefully, hopefully inspire. Quick heads up, we, uh, we're doing a double recap of The Bachelor this coming Thursday. Last week, we did a little check-in with Dr. Darcy for Valentine's Day instead of recapping, but don't worry. We know you guys want to talk about it. It's a juicy episode and uh, we got lots to, <laughs> lots to dish. Lots to dish. I still got to catch up on it, so no spoilers. Well, you better catch up soon, man, because it uh, it's probably my favorite episode episode of the, uh, of the season oh, so wow. far. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, you it's love a it. Show. I think Emma, I've heard Emma thinks it's not as good. You think it is good, so I guess we're and, just going to see what which happens. Which is odd. You, you would, you, you're going to be confused why I, I actually enjoyed this episode because normally I don't watch it for that reason. But, oh, anyways, wow. I'm excited. And guys, as you know, it's Black History Month, and we are taking this month to celebrate. So today, we are going to talk to an amazing guest. She has her own podcast. She's got a show on Netflix. She's got a show on Netflix. Like what? What? Dude, we've made it. We have a Netflix host on the pod. We're doing good. Yeah. And Peter loves this so much. She has, well, she travels. This is her job. She's been traveling since she's been 18, documenting, giving Travel the world has shared all about it on her YouTube channel, now on her Netflix channel. Ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing you the one, the only, Miss Joe Franco. 
Oh my, the delay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Joe, a little Everyone late there, a little late there. I was a little Joe, late. Joe, what's up? What's up, what's you up, guys? Joe? I'm so Welcome. happy to see your smiling faces. Yeah, Joe we Franco some... joining us on the pod. Thank you. Thank yeah, you we for had coming some... on this morning. Thank you. Guys. We had some technical difficulties. Thank you for holding tight. Peter's computer keeps crashing. So thank you so much for holding tight. No worries. I was just over here. Dustin and I were like, we want to talk, but we got to wait for Peter. And so here we, we gotta are. We got to wait. <laughs> yeah. We got to wait. Just, I'm just trying to build up a little bit of anticipation. You know, that's, that's how we do here. So there we go. <laughs> So first and foremost, I want to say um, thank you again for joining us. And as you know, we are celebrating Black History Month this month. And to start off, I guess what made you want to come on to our podcast and talk about this? And what does Black History Month mean to you? You guys, any excuse to share dope stories of black and brown people doing dope things is a good excuse. You know, any opportunity. I just think about how we're focusing on these stories for this month, which like, don't get me started on how it's the shortest month of the year. But <laughs> I, as a black woman, as an Afro-Latina woman, I'm always thinking of making Black History Month every month. So it's cool that you guys are focusing on these stories. And I'm happy and excited to put a little bit of like sprinkle on that in any way that I can. But I want to thank you guys for, for highlighting the voices. Because when I was young, how few people look like me in media. I know we weren't listening to podcasts back then or even radio shows, you know, like radio shows back in the day was our version of the podcast or any TV shows or any movies. I have big curly hair, a big butt. And like, I never saw anybody that looked like that unless it was in hip hop music videos. So anyways, my point is today we're going to talk about new perspectives, about relatable perspectives, and hopefully someone out there listening can feel inspired and seen. That's that's beautiful. So specifically with you, and obviously I am a huge, huge fan of what you do, traveling the world. That is, I mean, that's what I, I live for. And I feel like uh, we share a very familiar passion. You've made a career out of traveling the world. Kind of touching back though on that, who had, did you have anyone uh, that kind of did inspire you to kind of get into that field or what, what truly uh, brought you to where you kind of are today? Yeah, so a little background. I had no real, like, I didn't see anyone who looked like me in the travel space. I also didn't even think I would do something on camera. So for people who don't know, my background is uh, I posted YouTube videos for like seven, eight years on this channel called Damon and Joe. And that was in travel. We were cheap, broke, young travelers. We hit a million subscribers, which was like my huge goal. Wow. And once we hit that, I'm like, sweet, what's next? Like, how do we elevate this even more? And for me, it was just talking more to like the adult chapter of my life. Because when I started that YouTube channel, I was 18. So, you know, I was staying in 30 bed hostel dorms and filming it. I was sleeping on benches because I couldn't afford hostels sometimes. I was eating cheap baguettes and like staying in a park all day because that was free. And then flash forward, I had made a career out of it. We started making a little bit more money and I was 27. And I'm like, damn, am I really about to stay in these 30 bed dorms? No. So <laughs> I think when I turned 27, 28, it was the moment in my life where I'm like, okay, let me start thinking about what's the next chapter of travel for me. And I started wanting to invest in property. I wanted to get financially, you know, more savvy. I still wanted to travel, but I wanted to do it with points. And all of this shift in myself was happening 
and you know, like there's, there's all of the talk about manifestation, but I, I really do think if you honor that little voice, the universe will give you what is ready for you at that moment. So at the time that I was already shifting and breaking away from the Damon and Joe chapter, I got an invitation to audition for a Netflix show called The World's Most Amazing Vacation Rentals. And I had never had any like formal training. I had never really gone to school for acting or performing. I never even wanted to do anything like that. So here I was Mm -hmm. in a room filled with people who were like really dope on camera. And I'm like, hey guys, I'm Joe. And just trying to (laughs) shake everyone's hands. And after eight painful hours of chemistry tests, I I got the job. This is for the audition? This is for the audition. Well, you have to do several steps, right? Like you have to do, uh, first they have to find you. So they found me on YouTube, which again, everything that you do kind of adds layers to your journey. So first they found me on YouTube. But again, these videos they're finding are self-shot, self-edited, Everything was me and my old business partner. Mm-hmm. Well, like we picked the locations, we funded it. And so they saw the potential in that raw, gritty channel. And then right. they called me in for a phone call, like Skype call. Then, then it was a proper casting call with the director for an hour of them drilling you. Then you get invited into the in-person audition where they put you with people, you know, they put you in pairs, almost like it's like the world's worst blind date where you have to pretend to like not only be in love, but give talking points. So you'll be like, yo, I'm Joe. I've never met you before. By the way, this house, did you know it's got like three bathrooms? It's like, oh my God, what is my life right now? And you have to come off likable. Like you have chemistry. Like gauge your chemistry there with the other, your co-stars. Exactly. So talk about like preparation, meeting opportunity, feeling lucky, just being an overall good person, connecting with others. So that's how I got the show. So then cut. Two, it's 2020, the world's shutting down, but I'm traveling the world globally filming this Netflix show. So, like, yes, it's, how, it's how, been a how wild did you guys, ride. How did you guys do that, though, with, with literally the world going the opposite direction? Yeah, that's crazy. So we started shooting right before the pandemic uh, in January of 2020. So naively, you know, no one knew it was coming. And we, like we went right before, we went. yeah. Right before, yeah. So for two months, we were hopping around. And it's crazy that that was two years ago, but we mm-hmm. were in Bali, Finland, Japan, the the Bahamas. And then in March, the world shut down and we were kind of like evacuated back to our corners. And then the show shut down for, I think, four months. And then the world was still kind of quiet. No one was traveling. But when it started to get safe, we were able to get back on the road. So no one that I knew was traveling, but I was on a plane like every three days, we, it was super intense. COVID tests every five seconds. Wow, that's that's. I mean, you're 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 pretty lucky, I guess, to be able to have done that during during the pandemic and um, not necessarily have been locked down as much. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. What about you guys? Like, what? Why do you do what you do, and what gives you what gives you your inspiration to have guests talk about random things? Like, what is it about these conversations for you? Um, I would say, you know, for, for us, we, uh, we started this podcast about, you know, this is about a year ago now, almost, almost a year ago. And, uh, honestly just kind of followed just kind of around our lives, uh, in New York city and just our kind of crazy adventures, but just meeting really cool, like you said, dope people around here in uh, New York city. And I'm um, not even just in the city specifically, but people that just have cool stories to share. And 
you know, obviously with you in the whole travel field, uh, that's something that, uh, again, like I said, I've obviously always been so passionate about. And I think it's like the cool, I'm such a fan. Like that is such a cool thing that you do. Uh, you're on a Netflix show centered around travel. That's like what I live for. I guess I'd ask you, what what lessons would you say you've learned from all the traveling that you've done? And what do you think is is the value in understanding and learning about other cultures and having the opportunity to do it in the way you've done it that obviously not not every other average person gets to do? I love that question so much. So one huge, huge thing that I always stress to people is travel needs to be rebranded. It's not this luxury thing anymore. I've never looked at it as this luxury thing, even though on the show we were staying in some like really luxurious places. I'm Again, I was that chick in the 30-bed dorm just being like, hey, I'm Joe. I always just mm-hmm. show up with this, hey, I'm Joe. As in anytime I go on a trip, I'm not carrying anything that I've done in the past with me. It's almost like a clean slate. And yeah. that's another reason why I love learning languages because I think we get so caught up in like, oh, I've done this and I graduated with this and blah, blah, blah. But when you get thrown in a country where no one looks like you, where you don't understand the language, you have no no other thing to hold on to. So it's like all you can do is be a good person and just learn and observe. So when I think about travel, I really want it to be branded as this learning opportunity, as something that you can use to develop yourself. And I come from an undocumented immigrant family background where like we couldn't travel for 12 years. So for all of the U.S. citizens out there listening, get your freaking passport because that's mm-hmm. a golden ticket. You can travel Best around. Gift you can give yourself. Totally. And it, like people don't realize this. I have friends now from all over the world. The passport privilege is super real, right? Like if you're from Egypt, if you just happen to be born in Egypt, the amount of visas and headaches you're going to need to get just to leave the country is unheard of. So when I'm looking at travel as this thing to learn, it's not only to put myself in place of like privilege, but it's to encourage people back home in the States, like y'all know how lucky we are. And mm-hmm. so, yes, that's a huge lesson. It's re- reframing things that have been branded a certain way. So travel has always been all-inclusive resorts. And I want it to be seen as this like educational opportunity that I, I would hope everyone has access to. And I know that's not the case. Yeah, I, I agree with that so much. Like I'm from a small country town and we never went on vacation. I think one time we went to Flo- um, Florida, Disney World, and we would just go to St. Louis to the zoo. And so I always thought like my friends would go on vacation. They would go on these resorts. And I thought it was this big, lavish like experience. And when I got the first chance to just travel, like it doesn't have to be that way. You can make it what you want. And especially I, I never saw anybody of my, yeah, people of color in my neighborhood that traveled ever. Like no one did. So seeing people of color go to like, being cultured and go to all these cool places and do stuff like that. That was so eye-opening for me. And I wanted to continue that and be someone that people could look up to and go to cool places and just check it all out. But uh, I applaud you for that. That's amazing. Like, I would like to learn some of these tips of just like maybe not having no money, but you still want to travel, make it happen. This is things you can do to continue to to do that. So... I applaud you for that. No, I was going to say on the subject of making excuses, I had a company called Shut Up and Go for that exact reason, because I was broke on the top of a mountain in Mexico getting eaten alive by mosquitoes about to cliff dive. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm scared right now and I'm broke and I'm getting eaten by mosquitoes, but my name is Joe and you need to shut up and go. So it was like the whole idea was there are always going to be these challenges 
And these, you, this doesn't even need to just apply to travel. This could be, oh, I really want to get drinks with that friend or, oh, I, I haven't seen that, that family member in a long time. And life just happens so fast that if we don't make that priority, it's never going to happen. So if you really want to travel, there are always ways to do it. Cheap ways you could work abroad, like you could figure out how to take care of someone's kid and teach them English in exchange for housing. That's definitely the motto. The hostel route, definitely. I, I did that a couple times when I was younger, for sure. That actually, is, it's fun, too. Like, it's it's like, it's a different experience. Like, I enjoyed it for, for what it was. I think for travel, one of the things I love the most is, like, the perspective that it, it truly allows. Like, that's the biggest gift that travel gives someone, in my opinion, is perspective. And it allows you to open your eyes in a way that you've never probably seen. And, like, for me specifically, you know, going to, obviously, you know, maybe cool you know, luxury vacations and destinations are incredible, right? Who's not going to enjoy themselves there and have a good time? You are. But I like the kind of travel that you're kind of encouraging as well and more like off the beaten path type travel and really just kind of getting to understand culture and understand people and kind of making your, putting yourself in an uncomfortable environment that you're not, you don't know anything about. Maybe you don't know the language, like you said, you look so different than everyone and making yourself a little bit uncomfortable. I love what that does for the soul. And but then what, what I've seen, and this is like what I was getting to with my first point here was the perspective it gives you when you go to a place that a far off place or a place very different from that you're used to. And these people have nothing. And there's, and you would think they have nothing. And you're just like, how do people live like this? And, and this is like, this is so, so sad. And, and like, I want to help, you know, and, 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 you know, maybe sometimes they do need a lot of help, but the happiness that I've seen from human beings that you would think would have no reason to be happy that is one of the most beautiful gifts I've received from my travels. And that perspective gives me, and it's like, we have so much, like you come back to the States and we have so much to be thankful for. And it's, you know, we are so incredibly blessed here and, and people have so much less than what we have, but I've seen happiness that I haven't seen in so many other parts of the United States. It's like, why is that? How do they get that? How do they achieve that? That to me is one of the most beautiful things I would say about travel. That's such a good point. Peter with a mic drop. I know. <laughs> no, it is. And also, like, yeah, people, have, I don't know if you experience. I'm sure you have, but people that have not seen our skin complexion before see you for the first time and they just smile mm-hmm. like kids. I went to uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and kids were looking at me like, who is that man, you know? And I uh, just thought it was like just a crazy experience for them to see someone like me. It was insane. I know. Um, That's so cool. funny. I had the same experience. I went to Kenya in these like rural villages and they have a word for foreigner. Usually it's like they call white people Mzungu, but they called me a Mzungu and I'm like, damn, I'm a Mzungu too. Like, but I'm not <laughs> white guys. And so it, it was that moment of, of me being like, I am a person of color in a position where people of color usually aren't. Like I am seen as, you know, the other, the one that's privileged and is true. And to Dustin, Mm -hmm. like to both of your points, like being a person of color, getting to travel the world, so much shifts in your mind because you're like, I might be the only person of color that these people are ever meeting. They might have a little bit of a racial bias or racism, which I've encountered as well. But if I show up with a huge smile on my face with curiosity about their language and culture, and if I learn a few words or even learn their language, I have the potential to rewire some of that racism so that hopefully the next time they meet a person of color, they're not going to be as hostile. So there's that, right, which I think is super profound. There's the downside to it, too, where it's like I've been asked by several different media outlets to 
talk about traveling as a woman of color. And I'm like, but damn, y'all aren't going up to a white woman and being like traveling as a woman, of uh, a white woman. So it's like we have the, the responsibility. So we were kind of born with this burden of representation because it's still not as diverse as we would like it to be. But yeah. I see that as an opportunity to be like, yo, we're out here doing dope stuff. We're representatives nonetheless. And then to Peter's point with the you, the shift of perspective, it's so true that when you are coming from this, you know, quote unquote developed world, because I, I say it with quotes because we're developed technologically and with resources and we have running water and everything, but we really are underdeveloped when it comes to the very basic human things like finding joy or community yeah, or happiness gratitude and it's like i'll never forget i was in havana in cuba and i was uh, walking oh down my the street. god that's i have a, yeah continue i have a story just like yeah this. and i was staying in like in someone's home so i was in the neighborhood where the tourists usually drive past in their convertible cars like in their vintage 1950s you know, cars. And I would see on one side of the street were these fancy cars with this tourist driving right by. And where I was standing, you would see down this corridor of dilapidated buildings. And there was this little girl in the middle of the street playing with her brother. And she was holding a cardboard, like a ripped cardboard box and playing with it like it was a skirt, having the time of her life. And her brother was kicking a freaking can down the street and they were screaming and playing. And like that image is stuck in my head because how much joy that these kids found playing with essentially garbage. And then you have mm -hmm. these kids with these insatiable appetites for iPads and shit. And I'm just like, <gasps> what is going on? It's insane. Yeah. It's, that is insane. That's so true. I, I have, Gratitude. it's funny. I have, uh, my, I'm Cuban and um, we were able to go visit Havana a couple of years ago, visit my family that I had never seen. My mom hadn't seen in 50 some odd years and she escaped. It's so crazy to see. It's a very similar story. Actually, we were in a van and there's this little girl that was over at my family's house. Don't get me wrong. It is very sad. The, the, the conditions that they live in, there's literally just sewage that's and trash that's flowing in front of all the houses in the corners. There's like, it's just like ponds of this sewage and trash that just sits there. And obviously the houses are, are run down, but still, you know, being able to go visit, you know, specifically with my family and then friends of my family in their houses you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it'd be possible for someone living in those conditions to still have the smiles on their faces and the, and the joy, like just emanating from their body, like their soul. It was, it was incredible. And I'm like, what are we doing wrong? Like, what, what are we doing wrong? And like, there's, there's, there's a way that we should be able to like meet halfway, you know, and, 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 and help these other countries that need help and the way they need help and have them help us in the way that we need help and just kind of come together as like one race and the human race and i don't know it's just it's eye-opening eye-opening for sure it absolutely is this country was built on a distinctly american work ethic but today work is in trouble we've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. 
They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Yeah, 100%. We need, we need the U.S. and yeah, we need help with gratitude for sure. I tried to... Yeah, me and Pete talk about this all the time. You were talking about manifestation and we, me and Pete always sit down and talk about manifestation and gratitude and this, um, having these good vibes and energy and For giving sure. out to the universe and it always comes back to us. And uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people in the US need to develop these mannerisms, this, this, this style of living. It makes everything so much better. It makes life so much better. Like you're, you're grateful for just being able to have a meal today. Like mm-hmm. you're ecstatic. Like damn, this, I had a meal today. Like everything else is not going to ruin your day. Like you're going to have a fabulous day. I think it comes from this high expectation, right? And that's, that's the human condition. It's like when you have expectations, then you create this, this kind of like entitlement. Like we're not necessarily thinking, oh, I'm grateful for this meal because it's expected we're going to have another one. But if you're in a place where it's not guaranteed that you're going to have another meal, you're going to be happy as hell when that plate of food comes your way. So this is where I think travel shouldn't be looked at as this luxury thing, but it should be looked at as educational where it's like... You just put yourself in a different perspective where I always say this, like, you do not get to choose where you're born. And I feel like people don't think about that. And where you're born shapes everything. It shapes your perspectives. It shapes your opportunities. It shapes where you get access to going, what language you were born speaking. Like, think about how we all speak English. And this is coming from somebody I didn't grow up like I wasn't supposed to speak English, which is why I think I can think like this. But when you're born in an English speaking country, immediately you can go everywhere in the world and somebody will likely understand you. But if Mm -hmm. you're born in a village speaking a dialect, you're already going to have a barrier to entry because you're going to have to learn a universal language being like English or even Spanish or French. And this is something that people don't think about. I'm like, y'all, let's do a little reframing. And when you travel, that is exactly what it does. It reframes everything. That's, That's so true. Joe, Ooh, so we're getting deep. Ooh. This is getting That's real deep. Saying, I love y'all. it. Yeah. Let's keep let's, let's let's keep going. Joe, as a storyteller, what do you think is the importance of having conversations, potentially uncomfortable conversations about uncomfortable topics like racial equality? It's tough, right? I'm one of those people. So I'm Brazilian and like I was born in this I was born in Brazil, but I grew up in the States. So I call myself mm-hmm. an Americanized Brazilian. And the Brazilian spirit is very much like happy. We're just ready to party. We're like having a good time. I'm that through and through. But then mm-hmm. I think with these travels and with just like we're in the age of information, you can't turn the corner without seeing something new about like a, an injustice that's happening. So it's like I always try to stay balanced and be like, y'all, let's have a good ass time with like, but there's some problems we got to address. So when it comes to racial inequality, I think my my perspective on it is like, one, it's a problem. We know this, but I always like to lead with action. So this is why I think it's really important to just go out there as being who I am. At first, I wasn't even thinking about this. I call it ignorant. When I first started traveling, Sure, I didn't see anyone who looked like me, but I also didn't think that was a reason for me not to go. I just went because I'm like, I'm a human. You're a human. We all have to do these things like eat and go to the bathroom and whatever. So like, I'm going to get on this plane if I can afford it. And Mm -hmm. then later I realized how big it was for other people to see someone that looked like them 
doing something that they'd always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So with that realization, it's just like, I want to lead by example. I want to learn a million languages. I want to always have a smile on my face. I want to be encouraging other people to do the same because I think when you see something, it's much more profound than just talking about it. So yes, I like to have conversations like this, but I would rather like be studying my Greek so that when you see me in Athens speaking Greek, you're going to be like, damn, y'all people of color out here doing everything. <laughs> That's incredible. How, how many languages do you know? Right now, like on a good day, it's like six or seven. Wow. But I speak five fluently, fluently. But it's it's that's, lucky that's because impressive. it's like when you speak a Latin language, you speak all of them basically. That's not lucky. <laughs> I, I don't call that lucky at all still. Real quick, I want to ask you, I know I want to keep this you know conversation going on what we're talking about. I actually want to talk about a little bit about the TV show on Netflix that you, let's dive a little deeper. Like I want to know more about that experience. What a crazy... I mean, you're a freaking host on Netflix. I want to hear about this. We don't yeah. get this know, very right? often. That's big time. Well, what do you guys want to know? How is it? I mean, you, you're you literally going on like vacation homes. Like what, what, what is like a, a, what is a, like an episode for you? Like we watch an episode, what all goes into one episode for, for your Netflix show? So, oh man, you guys are trying to get the production secrets. So, okay. No, we <laughs> love the tea. We love the tea here. It's it's crazy. So if you watch the show, you see that there are three locations per episode. So it's like very, it's on steroids. You're getting three different locations, typically in three different continents or at least countries. And we, we go around seeing homes and different themes. So like an episode could be gourmet stays. Another one is wedding destinations. And each episode, each host takes the other two hosts to their pick. So I was the unique host, which meant, which is like super dope, by the way. Like, can't we just talk about that? I'm like, that's dope. And the whole <laughs> theme behind it was because I had traveled so much that my way of traveling is through experience. Like I really want to bring someone in this unique whether it's a town you'd never go to in a culture you've never seen before to learn something new. But our vehicle of seeing the world was always through these vacation rental homes. So all of this to say that we would shoot, oh man, we would shoot from like, I remember I would get up at 4.30, 5 in the morning. This lasted for a year, a year wow. and a half because it stopped with, it was probably like a year of shooting with the four month break in between. Yeah, I would wake up at five in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I would do my own hair, do my own makeup, pick my own outfits. I had two huge suitcases that I would have to coordinate outfits with the other hosts. And then like you would start, if it was your property, you were the one who had to know everything because you picked the property. But you were in charge of kind of guiding the entire experience. Like you would do the house tour, you would give the tour, you would explain why you chose the property. Cameras you were, were a real on estate you. Broker. I would, yeah, like, damn, by season two, there's an episode, the first episode, I'm like, shit, that's me. I'm like gliding around this mansion, like telling everybody what's up. And I'm like, from hostels to this, I, it's so wild. Hey, look at that. <laughs> so, and then also, I mean, you guys know how it is when you're co-hosting, you have to have a dance. So imagine all three of us were co-hosts, which I think we do really solid, but it's not easy to get the rhythm of like, okay, I've spoken. Now Dustin needs to speak. What about Pete? So you have to learn this dance. And so we really got oh, right. great kind of the unspoken at it. Dance. Yeah. Yeah. The unspoken dance. And it's like I had worked in a duo for seven years, so I knew that dance, but they had never worked 
in that dynamic. So it was it was a challenge. It was like you're dancing salsa with two other people who had never danced salsa before. But we got our rhythm by the end of it, which is really cool. That's freaking awesome. If you guys ever need two other hosts for that show, um, I, I know a guy or two. Hey, Everyone was saying, they were like, oh my God, this is my dream job. I'm like, y'all going to be waking up at 4.30 in the morning? Y'all going to be shooting I, with a smile on your face till 11 p.m.? Hey, when that, when that sunrise comes up wherever you are in, on the, in the Egyptian pyramids or whatnot, you're going to be, it's going to be worth it for sure. It's true. It's true. It's an awesome experience. That is, that is super cool. I, I'm it actually very jealous of that. It, it's now an, you have places you need to go visit. You have vacation homes. You got the hookup, right? I know. Yeah, it's so crazy because when you're shooting a show, it's almost like a sample sample platter. The way I say it is like you're at Costco and you're getting those free samples. So you never get the yeah. meal. So I got to yep. sample the best, the best in the world. And now I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna come back to eat that, to stay yep. there. And that <laughs> that's a blessing for sure. What What's what's like one spot? I know it's impossible to always pick one spot, but like what's one spot that comes to mind right now that you for sure need, you, you, your appetite was definitely intrigued and you need to go back and really experience it a lot more. I think Finland for nature lovers was extraordinary, extraordinary. We went to this. Finland was amazing. I think all of Scandinavia is amazing, but Finland was super cool. We stayed in this glass igloo in the middle of a frozen lake and just opening my Mm. eyes and seeing those millions of trees looking like a Christmas postcard was crazy. And then I also went swimming like I didn't go swimming but you do an ice plunge in the lake it's called an Avanto so you do the smoke sauna you get real hot and then you go into the ice like that was a life-changing experience so I did that and that's on the show then another place I would always suggest is Japan amazing same thing we we didn't even go to Tokyo we spent like 24 hours in Tokyo but we went to this cedar forest town called Yoshino okay and Super dope just to see these artisanship cultures and they're trying to revive them. And I think that's what's interesting about being able to travel now. We're standing in the middle of like the past and the future and we have the chance to keep keep the importance on these crafts. So this whole community, they would harvest the cedar and make cedar items or houses. And then, you know, the young people wanted to move to the city. So they kind of abandoned the tradition. And now there's an Airbnb in Yoshino that's made of cedar. It's a beautiful masterpiece architecturally. But the entire point of that Airbnb is to bring the community back together with cedar craftsmen, guiding the tours and leading the experiences. So it's like, what a cool time to be alive. I know there's a lot of stuff going on that's not so pleasant. But I think when we look at it through this lens that we now have access to cultures and lessons that we wouldn't have had through traveling and through staying in these homes, like that I think was the point. No matter where you stay, you're going to be mind blown though. The show is like a Pinterest board. That's that's incredible. How, how many seasons do you guys have you guys done so far? We did two seasons. So that's 48 yeah. properties. Wow. Holy smokes. I have a new pitch for your um, for your YouTube how about you start taking D-class celebrities, hence us, <laughs> on, I'll raise my, raise my like, hand. <laughs> uh, wild adventures around the around the world and see how our reactions to. are to certain places. That would be pretty cool. I know. I know. I love that. That was actually my favorite part was getting to see Megan hadn't really traveled. She was the co-host, my co-host and Luis had. But a lot of these experiences, like my joy is in seeing other people experience it. Because maybe mm-hmm. I've seen it before, whatever. And even then, I'm still blown away. But really, the, the goodness is like, 
y'all gonna be mind blown. So yes, I'm gonna pitch that show and I'll call you guys. <laughs> Oh, sure. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, Joe, for uh, coming on our show. You have a podcast. You're also on Instagram and Netflix. Where can people find you? So I have a podcast called Not Your Average Joe, and I would love to have you guys on it. Talk about what you Anytime. Know. I love to come on. Anytime. Yeah, so the point of the podcast is exactly that, like having these deep conversations with people and just pulling out nuggets of, of how to be a little less average. All of us can learn from it. Like the things that I've learned from those conversations, even with my sister, people like that I've grown up with. And then you just sit down and you have these conversations and you're like, damn, we got a lot to learn. So I have that, not your average Joe. And then on Instagram, I'm Joe underscore Franco and on YouTube, Joe Franco. So I'm um, and TikTok too, like literally everywhere. Just catch me there. She's everywhere. Hey, Joe, listen, I, I think it's so cool. You said earlier that there was not really anyone that you growing up maybe looked like you or inspired you to get into that field and this beautiful field to travel. And I think every everyone owes it to themselves to travel and experience this beautiful world. But for sure, I think you have no doubt. I have no doubt that you're definitely now inspiring, you know, younger girls that do look like you to get out there. And, and you're an amazing example. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for coming on this podcast and inspiring and uh, you're inspiring me to get out there and travel even more as well. So I appreciate it. Let's you. go, y'all. Thank you guys so much <laughs> for having me. Appreciate you. Of course. Take care, Joe. Woohoo! Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber. And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music and powered by ACAST. Our producer is Red Yoakum and our associate producer is Emma Martins. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Send your voice memos to btc at redrockmusic.com. That's btc at reddrockmusic.com for your chance to be featured on the show. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcasts. See you next week. Thanks for listening and sign up for our membership program to become a honorary third roommate. Join now for $3 per month and enjoy the episodes ad-free. Click the link in the episode description so you can move in.